Shut up and sit down. Started there because normally we, someone just starts the show randomly, and that's how we know it's time to begin. I actually that's hit perfect. start recording literally right before you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. So I make the cough noise that tells everybody it's beginning, <laughs> and that's when I do the transition. And then we do the intro, and then we start telling stories. <clears throat> Welcome back, PSPG OT family. Uh, I'm happy to say that we're back for some OT goodness. We've missed you so much. We hope you're staying safe and doing well. I know this is our first OT show in a long time. That's what Shy and everyone else have been telling us. We love y'all and thank you for just being so supportive. So join with me today is uh, the Michael Jordan to my Bill Cartwright, Dev A. Tyus. How are you, my dude? I am doing well, living that lovely, sunny Southern California life. Um, mm. Just, you know, enjoying my lockdown, playing video games, trying not to let the kids ruin <laughs> everything because they are just losing their minds but other than that i'm doing well i'm blessed to still have a job my wife is still working so everything is is going well amen we also were lucky enough to have the boss man don in the building big donnie reese how are you sir greetings couplings hey mo how are you i'm always good what is a coupling i've wondered that for years bowser's kids the koopa kids couplings how do you not know that do i look like i know nintendo i play you know enough I you play, have a Nintendo. I, I play it will be the show. I play <laughs> hockey and I play FIFA. Those are my games, my guy. Oh wait, and Call of Duty. Man, I'm getting really good at Warzone. I'm just saying that right now. Like I could probably <laughs> carry someone to a top five finish with them doing nothing. I'm just throwing that humble out there. brag. Humble I, brag. Every once in a while, you have to right. Someone's got to say something nice. Now we also were so lucky, so blessed to be joined by none other than Ryan freaking McCaffrey. The number one Xbox podcaster in the universe. That's true. That's all galaxies. That's <laughs> my, my legal middle name, by the way. <laughs> there it is. How'd you see my birth certificate? You do your research on this show. Uh, no one's ever said that about us. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, man. Now you guys know we are a storytelling podcast. And actually, the best part about this is the reason our show started as a little spinoff from PSVG proper was because of a moment that I experienced listening to Ryan's podcast, the Maggie the Boxer episode, where he talks about Maggie's last day. Uh, Ryan, it destroyed me, like, as a listener. Like, I know you were going through some some tremendous things, but, like, that show, I think I've cried openly three times. Like, my, And I'm not saying that, I'm just three times. When the Bears lost the 2006 Super Bowl, I was devastated. I was like, why are we playing Rex Grossman? Please take him out of the game. I'm begging you. He's awful. Didn't happen. Uh, the first month of being married, I just realized like how lucky I was. Like my wife and I have been together 13 years now and she wow. is like my rock. She's like, she makes me a better human being. Um, I love her to pieces. Like I really like was sitting there just overwhelmed with thankfulness. And then your show like that, that, that show, like, I ran and hugged my dog Daisy and like held her. And she was like eight at the time, like in my arms, like cradling. She's a big old dog. And my wife goes, I was like, what's wrong? Like, Nothing. It's fine. Everything's okay. I just love Daisy so much. It was tremendous. I just want to say thank you. Cause I, after that show and hearing Jared talk about pockets full of soup and the story they were telling, 
yeah. I went to Boss Man Don and said, can I tell stories? Like, I'm not good at the video game journalism or any of that stuff. Like, that's not my wheelhouse. But I would just love to talk stories. So thank you so much, man, for being so transparent with your community. Uh, we love you to pieces. So I just want to make sure I told you that. You're very kind. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that was I mean, it's it's a thing where, well, I could try to just hide it. Right. And not and just try to <laughs> keep it together for an hour to do a podcast. But I, I've just always been an, an honesty is the best policy person in my life. That's been a guiding principle for me. And I don't just say that like as a saying, like it's I, I just I have found that uh I get better results in life as far as sort of my interactions with people and uh, both business wise and, and personally. And it's just, it just, that's how I am wired. That's how I want to be. I don't want to be a person that's, you know, being deceitful or telling little lies here or there. So it's just, I just, during that time, uh, that's, that was just what I needed to do was, was uh, just be honest about what was going on, even though it was probably, not not what a lot of people wanted to hear they're looking for I, xbox news but hey that's you know we're we're people too as doing doing mm -hmm. you know doing our work at ign that we're so lucky to get to do and we're people too and that was a that was a, a, a just a, a thing i was going through and and i you know whether you liked it or not and obviously you uh, kindly you know you responded to it and it, it meant something to you and i appreciate that that that's just how i had to do it no, it was it was one of the most powerful moments um, of any podcast I've ever heard. And we actually uh, told uh, we got to be on a show with uh, Mark Medina, who's on Unlocked every once in a while. Mm -hmm. And we were actually telling him, like, those are our favorite moments when you guys get to be a little more transparent with who you are on the shows yeah. instead of it just being about the game. So, yeah, thank you so much. Um, so today's story that we're going to be telling. And, and so for the for Ryan, who's never been on the show or, or maybe heard it, here's how it works. I come up with an idea of a story, something I'd love to hear from everybody. And I give you an example to give you time to think about it. So the story we're going to tell is your best sports memory as a fan, as, as someone partaking of the sport. And so my best sports memory, and I actually was talking to Donnie and Dev about this a while ago, was in 1990 when I got to go with my, my foster family to watch the Bulls play the Blazers in Chicago. And this was a regular season game. And I watched this young Clyde Drexler just giving it to Jordan. And I watched Jerome Kersey rise up and slam this thunderous dunk down. And Uncle Cliffy, Cliff Robinson, burying a three. And I was like, these Blazers are spicy, man. I'm telling you, these guys are something else. And my family's like, we're Bulls fans. Like, I don't know why you're cheering. <laughs> I'm like, you guys know I'm Chicago through and through. My Cubs, my Bears, the Blackhawks, and the Bulls. And I remember as the game went on, I was so in love with the way this Blazer team played. And I remember Terry Porter came up the floor. He did a hezzy to a two-step, jumped, and pulled. And I remember going, <gasps> Oh, that is a bad, bad man. Bad, bad man. <laughs> and so we leave. I believe it was around Christmas time. I'm in like December. And the Blazers end up winning by like 10. And we're walking. I'm like, man, that, that Blazer team was, there's something else. And finally, my my sister goes, if you like them so much, be a, be a Blazer fan. I go, maybe I will. And over the next month, over the next month, I... 
I became a Blazer fan. Like, I made the switch. I told my whole family, and I was like, rip city till I die. Let's go. And then the Bulls won a championship. And then the next year, they won a championship against the Blazers. (laughs) (laughs) It became really tough, but the memories I have from going to that game and watching the Blazers win, it's one of those where I've, I've never switched teams since, and I don't think I ever will. Yeah. But the switch from Bulls to Blazers happened because Clyde Drexler was magic with a basketball. And Terry Porter was a special point guard. And the fact that they were good enough to make it to the finals and be in the playoff run every year for a couple of years really showed how special that team was. And, um, yeah, that's my, that's my favorite sports memory as a fan. So was that was that the first NBA game you'd ever attended in person, or had you been to games? I've been to a couple Bulls games before that. I actually went to uh, like four or five the year Jordan would have been would have been eighty nine, eighty eight, um, and then the next year when they got Scotty. I think it was Scotty was the next year, and I got to go to two when they had Scotty. But I was really little and didn't remember him. I'm, was, I'm so jealous that you got to see Jordan play in person. Yeah. I never got the opportunity. So you. So, not not to cut you off, but no, just to kind of on that point, yeah, it's like I I am from New Jersey originally. Uh, really, only uh, the Mets that that was my that was my sport as a kid. I I hadn't really discovered basketball or football or or any hockey yet. So, but when I our whole family moved out to Arizona, and I all in the, at the time, the Phoenix Suns were the only pro game in town. Uh, the Cardinals came like the year after. We moved there, uh, but the they were. I mean, they were. Of course, if you guys remember, if you're old enough to remember, the Cardinals used to be the laughing stock of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like just the absolute. They had the worst owner. They played in the worst stadium, Sun Devil Stadium, the College Stadium. Or in the beginning of the season, th- th- there were metal bleachers, and it would be a hundred degrees <laughs> in September, and it would just it would just rose. So they were. They were. I never really. I didn't get into football for quite a while, but the Suns were it, man, and. Uh, but of course the, the East only plays the West twice a year, once on each home floor. So I, and the Suns were always good. Nep- so I, I, I never got to see the, uh, I never got to see Jordan play cause the bulls would only come once and it was a tough enough ticket without Jordan coming to town once. So I'm jealous for sure. Yeah. We moved, we, so we lived on the North side, maybe, maybe two blocks from Wrigley. Um, wow. we lived in one of the little, little, little stone bills over there. And so we were literally like, you could get to Wrigley and Soldier Field pretty easily. Like those are pretty easy. And it was a little bit tougher to get over to where the Bulls played. Um, And then we moved in 93 to Portland, Oregon, which was just fate because I was already already a Rip City fan. Um, And so I remember like the first time we went to watch a game in Portland, they had, it wasn't the uh, Memorial Coliseum may have been the worst comparison because that stadium was so busted. It was so bad. Um, I just remember like the first time I watched the Blazers play on their home court, I was like, this is not the same atmosphere that I had <laughs> with the bull. I'm going to keep cheering. Uh, but yeah. So Dev, favorite sports memory as a fan? My favorite sports memory probably has to be the 2000 um, Lakers championship. Um, me and my boy, Doug, we would go because the they would actually host the away games in the Staples Center. So you could go to the Staples Center and watch the away games on the, the, the Jumbotron or whatnot that they had there. And just the atmosphere 
was just so just electric and awesome. And we went to every single one of those games. We took his son with us to, to, to the games, and it was just so much fun just watching the Lakers finally get this championship, watching them just beat up <laughs> on the Pacers or whatnot. It was just so much fun. And me and my boy, Doug, like we just have been diehard Laker fans. We went through the Dell Harris era, which was just like <laughs> you got four all-stars and you can't figure it out. Then, then them, them trading away my boy Eddie for Glenn Rice, who forgot how to play basketball once he became a Laker. Like, just couldn't dribble to right. save his life. Um, Eddie was cold though, man. Yes, he was, and I was. I'm still hurt off that trade. I'm still, still, still sad about that. But just you know, coming up in LA, being a Lakers fan, being able to see Magic before Showtime died out, and then going through the the dark ages of the Sedale Three era and Cedric Sabalos and. George Lynch. Don't, don't be like, hating on the Ice Man. Oh, I love on Cedric. I love Cedric. <laughs> you know, All but right. he. I have a Cedric Sabalos jersey still to this day. Um, but just going through like that that era and then finally making it back, coming off the the air balls that that Kobe shot against Utah to put us out, and then boom, it's time we get our championship, and then just being able to be in that atmosphere and be around it, and just it was awesome it was just so much fun to be a part of that and i'll never forget it i mean it was just great also being able to be there with like his son so that's another memory that we we all share together and it's just been it was just an electric time it was it was a lot of fun it was great and i'll never forget that it was uh, so much fun i love how your memory involves one of the hardest ones i've had as a fan because that was the, <laughs> the year they beat my Pippin led Portland Trailblazers mm-hmm. after we were up. I believe we were up two games and we squandered that. Oh, tough times. Ryan, <laughs> favorite sports memory as a fan. Gosh, boy, you guys are jogging up a ton of great memories. Now, uh, you got to remember. So I'm originally from New Jersey, uh, grew up a Mets fan, like I said, but really kind of we moved to Arizona, not just my family, but like our whole extended family, kind of everybody left New Jersey uh, out to Arizona and when I was in, what was that second or third grade? So really like I was dyed in the wool, Arizona sports. Uh, we got the diamondbacks in the franchise. The expansion team was awarded in 95. Uh, I, I had a diamondbacks hat right then and wore it for two years until they actually played a game. Um, and uh, and the the sons were beloved the Cotton Fitzsimmons sons the K- KJ Chambers sons and then Barkley comes to town and the the year that that John Paxson shot beat us in the the ninety three finals the the we actually had there was a there was a parade for the sons even though they lost like mm. just how that's how wow. <laughs> Phoenix had never won mm-hmm. a, a pro sports championship again at that point it was. It was just the Suns and then the the hapless Arizona Cardinals. The Coyotes hadn't moved down from from Winnipeg, the Winnipeg Jets, uh, and and the Diamondbacks weren't around yet. But hey, you guys are bringing back all kinds of memories, and it's like I'm I'm thinking here, and it's like, well, I got to be at the first ever Diamondbacks game, the first ever regular season game, which we had the at the time it was called uh, Bank One Ballpark, the first ever retractable roof with natural grass uh that had, that and just this beautiful new stadium and and I w- I was also at game 1 of the World Series in 01 one of the greatest Ooh, world wow. series of our lifetimes but 
you know, just thinking more about it as you guys are talking, I got, I would have to say uh, my best sports memory is the first ever Major League Baseball game I attended. Because I'm like, for me, it's baseball's up here and every other sport is just not that they're low, but it's just that's how high up baseball mm-hmm. is. I'm a baseball guy through and through. And the first time I ever went to a game, and you have to remember, so I'm 39. And in fact, yeah, it's so I wish. Let me see here. Let me see if I can pull this off the wall real quick. This is perfect, though, Tinas. It's like he knows what to do. <laughs> right. There we go. All right. Hang on a second. Oh, wow. I know this is great podcasting right now for your audio this is, listeners. This is actually the norm for us. So, so, pretty right. much suit. so actually, I'll get to this in a second. But the uh, so ni- 1990, I'm nine years old, hadn't turned 10 yet. And I just I'd been getting into baseball on my own because my dad actually was never really a big sports guy. But my my uncle Tony, who lived not too far away, he was like a, a Mets fan from when the Mets were an expansion team when he was a kid. You know, the Mets came around in 62 after after Brooklyn and, and New York leave for California, the Giants and the Dodgers. And so anyway, so I. It's my uncle Tony, and that uh, takes me to my first ever Major League Baseball game, Shea Stadium in New York. And you got to remember that the reason I, I'm saying 1990 is there's no HD TV. It's we're on our four by three CRT. <laughs> you know yep. this. You remember? You guys remember what television oh, yeah. looked like? It oh, was yeah. so so to go to a game after having watched countless games on old television on on non HD TV when you see the real thing with your own eyes it's in, it's just incredible i remember uh i mean the, just walking up to the stadium and and how huge it was and then going in and walking through the concourse and just kind of the sounds of it but i have this vivid memory of before we went to our seats like we get in we come into the stadium. We kind of make our way up. Uh, his the seats were on the the middle level, not the not the field level, not the upper deck. Kind of that middle level that they had at Shea. And I just remember we we walked out, and we're kind of we were fairly like at that point behind home plate. We hadn't walked around to our seats yet. Just walking out of the tunnel because remember stadiums then, unlike now, stadiums now you can kind of see the field from anywhere in the concourse you're walking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it didn't used to be that way. It used to be the the just cl- pretty closed in concourse, and then you'd have the the tunnels out to the seating area. So you walk out the seating area, and this is uh, it's a night game, but it's it's still daylight out because it's summer, and it's you know we're, we're there at what six o'clock, whatever it is for a seven o'clock game, and just walking out and seeing the fe- a major league baseball field with my own eyes for the first time in the stadium and the it sounds cliche, but like how green the grass is and just the scoreboard. That was just such a tremendous sight for me. It had such a, uh, such a vivid impact. And then we go to our seats, game starts. And this is, so this is, uh, he's, he's past the peak of his powers, but this is a still pretty good doc Gooden pitching that night. Okay. Uh, that's, that's Daryl strawberry. That This was a real mm-hmm. good Mets team. This was, they uh, they didn't end up winning. They didn't. Uh, I don't think they ended up going to the playoffs that year. But they were in first place for most of the season, including the the night we were there. And so Dwight Gooden pitches. 
strawberries in the lineup and they're playing the, the, the Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals. And I just remember, so the Mets end up winning six, nothing Gooden pitches lights out seven shutout innings. He doesn't have the, the high nineties fastball anymore. By that point, the shoulder is giving him some problems, but he, he pitches well enough, throws a great game. And the, the ultimate highlight of that, besides the fact that the Mets, I, I go and see the stadium and the Mets win, but, uh, there was a journeyman catcher who is really only remembered historically for one, and he's not even really that remembered. I say that with all due respect, but Mackie Sasser was the name of this Mets catcher uh, in that time. And Mackie Sasser ended up having one of those guys. Uh, there have been a few over the course of baseball history where he had the yips. He couldn't throw the ball back to the pitcher. I know that I think it was that was depicted no. in um it was ma- was that major league one or major, major league, league two? One. one. Okay. I say it was one. No, Thank you. it yeah. would have been two. It, it was, was two? the one. big okay. guy from like Nebraska who looked like a linebacker. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that was like that actually happened. You don't hear about it anymore. I guess I don't know if we've just like we've got sports psychology to to make sure guys can get shaken out of that or what, but Mackie Sasser actually had suffered from that that mental block, but not at this point. At this point, he's still he's catching for the Mets. And anyway, the reason I'm bringing him up is because the Mets are up two nothing. Dwight Gooden's pitching well, and again, I'm a nine year old kid at my first ever game, just taking in all these sights and sounds of the sport that I that I love. And Sasser comes up with the bases loaded, and he hits a grand slam home run. And I tell you, Shea Stadium, and again, Older State, you could you could feel like the stadium shake just a little bit. Like it was the the eruption. I mean, this is back to uh, the I mean, not only the Mets were good, but the they were full every night. You know, it was 40 plus thousand fans every night. So this, this Sasser hits a grand slam right down the right field line. We were kind of sitting, like I said, that middle deck. Just off, just off to the third base side a little bit, but pretty still on the infield. And just, I just remember seeing this ball off his bat, just going right this laser down the line. It goes over the fence, and just the Shea Stadium just erupts, and it's just this insane thing. And we're just flipping out, six nothing Mets, and then it, you know, the Mets cruise from there, and it's, uh, it was just such an incredible first ever live baseball moment for me and one of the best gifts I've ever received in my life. Uh, my uncle Tony had, he had the foresight and I, I thank him to this, to this day. I bring it up sometimes. Uh, Cause I guess this year is the, this'll be the 30th anniversary of this game. Cause it was 1990, right? Yeah. So, but for Christmas that year, you know, we'd gone to this game and it was amazing it was either my birthday or Christmas. I opened my, my gift from him, and it's this. He had had, let's see if that can, you see that? Oh, so man, yeah. That's he had dope. saved, yeah, he cut out, he'd saved the box score and the, the, you know, the newspaper write-up from the game and had a, he said he had a friend of his do up this, like, nice little Ryan's first Mets game thing and had this whole thing framed. This has been on my wall ever since. And I still look at this sometimes, and I read the, I read the story 
the doctor is in again. Dwight Gooden, his shoulder stiffness of this past week, clearly history, returned Sunday night after a two-day hiatus and helped pitch the Mets to a 6-0 victory over St. Louis before 41,946 at Shea Stadium. Gooden allowed six hits, struck out four, and walked one in seven innings to win his eighth consecutive game in nine starts. He also preserved the Mets' one-game lead atop the NL East over Pittsburgh, uh, blah, blah, blah. Catcher Mackie Sasser delivered most of the offense to which Gooden is becoming accustomed with his first career Grand Slam, which broke open the game in the fifth. So I always, I still look at this this uh, frame, this picture. I still love it. And I'm so, I'm so happy to have that memory preserved. In fact, it's funny that we're now talking about this because just by sheer coincidence, very recently, like during this, this quarantine, sometime in the last couple of weeks, I actually had the thought, I was looking at this on the wall and I thought, well, wait a second, everything's on the internet now. Maybe this game, somebody has uploaded like a VHS tape of it somehow. Maybe it's online somewhere. So I went looking for it on YouTube and I found, I didn't find the whole game, but I found uh, like an ESPN highlights package from the around baseball that night that had the highlights of this game. And I found just like a, I guess it must have been a New York, I don't know, maybe a local broadcast, uh, the, the highlights of it. So uh, I, I watched back the Mackie Sasser Grand Slam for the first time in like 30 years. So That's awesome. That's awesome. That is so cool. <laughs> Donnie, Sports how about are you, awesome. man? Sports um, are awesome. So Ryan shared that that he he, he likes an underdog. And um, I come from the land of lovable losers um, uh, by Cleveland, by Columbus. I'm an Ohio sports fan. And um, I mean, I'm going to tell you my favorite moment as a fan was the Cavs championship. But uh, I'm going to give you an abridged version as to why. Um, uh, 1990s, like 95, 94, I'm like seven years old. I'm just kind of coming into you know, awareness of sports and really understanding like how they're played. And and I think that's for a lot of people. I mean, as Ryan just shared, it's a tremendous story. It's where you grow an attachment and affinity because, you know, you're a kid, you just have pure joy, you know, like you're not wrapped up in free agency and numbers and contracts and any of that extra stuff that you learn later. And as an adult and um, coming for, or at least for, from where I'm from, like it's communal. Everybody loves the teams. Nobody likes the other teams. Nobody would ever condone Coach Mo adopting another team. Like these are things you just don't do. <laughs> it, it wasn't. It was more like nope. A dare. Like, <laughs> nope. They were like, you wouldn't leave our bulls, nope. and I was like, you know, I'm. I'm, See, I'm gonna I'm, do it. I'm jealous of that because as an Arizona sports fan, like I'll be the first to admit, by and large, Arizona sports fans are not. They're crappy fans right. in the sense that everybody in Arizona has transplanted there from someone else, from yep. somewhere else. I came from New Jersey. Like there aren't even now, like the, the, the generation coming up, it's still like the Diamondbacks struggle. Like anytime that the Cubs come to town, I know that that a lot of teams can claim that the Cub mm-hmm. fans invade, but Dodgers, Cubs, like you see it, it's, it's rough in era with Arizona sports. So I, I actually like, I envy you uh, <laughs> as a, as in that sense, as an Ohio sports fan that, that everyone, is all loyal. 
I mean, I feel, I feel personally, and I'm not saying this just because I am a fan, although bias aside, I feel like I'm a part of the greatest fan base in the world. Um, I think it's like, it's, it's shown or almost been proven many, many times over. I mean, we lose complete entire seasons. We go winless. Um, we still sell out. We still show up. We put a Browns player on the cover of Madden the year they opened up for fan voting. Like of all the things for the Browns to do, let's like the fans. Cover. <laughs> oh my God. The fans, was that Peyton Hillis? It was Peyton Hillis. Yes. Oh, Oh gosh, Peyton Ellis. <laughs> we are, uh, we, I think, I don't know. I just, I think we're very, I, I was telling Dev on our DLC episode in, in growing up there, especially in the nineties when it wasn't like today, it's kind of fancy and it's kind of trendy and, and Cleveland's kind of a cool town. It wasn't when I grew up there, it was like distraught and old and broken. Oh, the mistake by the lake. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, you know, I think when you're there and you're in that environment, like the fans, the sports teams are one of the few things that everybody can get behind. You know, it's not like a great place to grow up. It's not a great place to live. It doesn't have a good weather. It doesn't have very good like prospects. Like you're not like, I'm going to make a killing here in Ohio, you know, like most people leave. So it's just kind of, I mean, I think a lot of people ride or die with them and coming up so much of my sports allegiances are tied to heartbreak absolute complete and utter heartbreak um i live in georgia now as you guys know and most of my family is from georgia and the year that the indians played the braves i had to get i had to root against the majority of my family who were teasing me constantly 95 right yeah and i was in that was, tears that was the, the one braves world series the for one. all those division titles the <laughs> only one that they actually won so was sad. against whose team my team <laughs> uh just like the the cubs whose entire curse has yeah. been historic. Yep. Who did they beat? <laughs> My team. Um, uh, the Marlins. Losing. The, so the, good at the that. team that like should never win a World Series, the Marlins, they, they hit a blooper in the ninth when we're up. Like That was it. That was our moment. Loss. And these are all moments of complete and utter heartbreak. Um, the 95 Ohio State Buckeyes, best team in the country. We, we destroyed Washington. We destroyed Notre Dame. We were going to the national title. I was so in it that year. I, w- I went to my first Buckeyes game that year. I was so excited. Jersey and everything. Tim Biakabatuka, like, is a name that strikes fear to me to this day. He ran for 300 yards on a terrible Michigan team. Our one and utter rival and we lose our chance to go to national title. So we lose to like this five and seven Michigan loser team the last game of the year. Um, so like it's so it's so funny because like my kids, I think, have adopted the Ohio State fandom. I don't push it on them. Uh, I just think they they kind of adopted it through me. And they don't know what it's like to lose to Michigan. We've dominated them for so long. They're like, Psh, these guys suck. And, and they even they'll even bring it up like they tempt fate. They're like, we should let them win one year. I'm like, no, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, I am enjoying. I've never let them back in. Never. I was like, I'm in, I hope they lose every game for the rest of their lives because I only know that heartbreak as a kid where we never beat Michigan ever for like a decade. So you fast forward through all of that. LeBron happens. Uh, I was always a huge Cavs fan, even in the early 90s. I went to Cavs games back when they were not very good in the mid-90s. LeBron comes. Like, I think the entire city gets hope. And, I mean, the story's already been written. LeBron leaves. Just like the Browns left. You know, like the owner pulled the Browns. You know, like, it's just uh, the lovable losers. Like, we always lose constantly. So my favorite moment as a fan, I think, was the day that LeBron announced that he was coming back. I remember exactly where I was. I was at the place where I work now. And I was literally in tears. 
Um, I think I took a photo and like shared it because I had my phone exploding off the hook. They're like, oh my God, Tony, like this cannot be possible. He's going to Cleveland. And it honestly felt like if we had never won anything, it felt like we had already won something. Just the fact that he came back and kind of showed us relevance. So um, to make my story a little shorter, you fast forward to the Cavs title. Um, after, you know, I, I've always said this, we should have won the first one. We were the better team. We just had half a roster. And yeah. to come back and win. And I have the distinction. I have witnesses and proof. I have the distinction of calling my shot, which I will bring up for the rest of my life because we are down 3-1 the world is writing us off. And I told my GIS team who love basketball, we always watch March Madness in the, in the emergency operations center together. And uh, we, that's one of, that's how we use all of the screens of the restaurant in March. We turn on all of, all of the March Madness. Um, I told them they're down three, one. And, and I show up the next day with my Cavs hoodie on and they're like, you're toast. And I'm like, you don't understand. This is how this has to happen. Like this, I had undoubted belief and it's just maybe just fan optimism. I don't know. But if you had asked me that day, the day after we go down the game four, I would have told you we're winning this thing. I just, I don't know what it was. I just felt it. And it was crazy because I was a, a huge radio fan and I always listened to my, my hometown sports radio stations. I think it was something that we were all feeling. It was just like this collective belief. It's like after everything that has happened, it can't just be easy. Like, it can't just be we go 4-1. We can't just, you know, after all of these heartbreaks, it has to be historic. And they kept saying it. And uh, I think the general manager of the team released a letter that he wrote to the team. He was like, this is Cleveland. This is how we do things. Like, and we did it. And the fact that we did it, um, because of my upbringing, I didn't watch the final game. I couldn't. I was just like, no. I just Really? I, I just turned it off. I was, I was like... Watching game what? six almost like made my heart explode. Like I was just like, I, I was just on pins and needles the whole time. So my wife was like, just stop, just stop. So I, I just, I, I just, I turned it off. We watched a movie and she was like, don't look at your phone. I turned my phone off. Cause I just, I, wow. I was like, I, I can't I, like. I, what? You I could never I do that. I could never no. do that. Uh -uh. I, I, I celebrated every Cubs win and every Cubs. The only thing the that I can series. tell every you is like with everything on the line after the 15 years that <laughs> had predated it, it's a different feeling. You're like, oh no, what if it, you know, like what if this is, what if this is what, what, what has always been, you know, like, do you want to see that again? What if it's another Jose Mesa? What if Steph gets the ball and drills that three in Kevin Love's face and that's it? You just have complete and utter heartbreak. You know, it's just like, I just, I didn't, I didn't feel like I could take it. So I'm sitting there yeah. at home. I've turned my phone off. I'm trying to relax. My wife can tell. She's like, don't look at your phone. Don't do it. Don't look at your phone. So I sit there. We're up until about 1 a.m. And I turn my phone on and just a cascading amount of notifications and pings and emails and voicemails and alerts from the ESPN app. And it was that was my favorite moment as a fan because I didn't sleep that night. I, I called into Cleveland radio. Uh, my friends were calling me at three in the morning. My boss called me. My boss was like, so I guess you're going to Cleveland because I was going home for the parade. I was like, oh, my God, I can't <laughs> believe this actually happened. I stayed up all night long. I went to our local cigar shop. I got a great cigar. I got a big ass piece of steak. And I made like a, a, a tremendous dinner the next day. And I just basked in it. I rewatched the game. And I've done everything since then, but um, there was nothing like that feeling for me that night. 
um, to Boy, just I kind w- of sit in it. <laughs> and I was going to never ask have you. it again. <laughs> Don't. I was going to ask you if your if your favorite three words in the English language are "blocked by James," but you didn't <laughs> oh see it. Oh my goodness! Yeah. That, oh my goodness. <laughs> I couldn't. I just. Oh. I, I. 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 can't even explain to you. I don't know if it's just not. Not. Not willing to see it again, or just. I don't know. Yeah, I have a I'll friend who has that same problem. Like he's a San Antonio Spurs fan, but can't watch the games. It's oh, I watched so the games. I just me. didn't watch that one. I was. I, mm-hmm. He won't watch them live ever. He always watches the replay. Like it's so bizarre to me. That's crazy. I. Yeah. Wow. All right. I can. Uh, I'll tell you. I can. I, for whatever it's whatever little it's worth, Donnie, I was I was pulling hard for for Cleveland uh, there because even though they were playing you know, the Warriors, I mean I'm a Suns fan. I don't have any problem with the Warriors. I respect that they had a, a heck of a run there. Tremendous but, team. Um, but yeah, it's just I'm so we talked about it off the air before we came on. I've 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 psychoanalyzed myself to the point that I I understand now that I am historically drawn to underdogs sporting and otherwise and so i was just i was uh, golden the bay area didn't need another damn championship well, if they win that one they go down seriously in history as the greatest team to ever play yeah that's the one thing uh, that keeps them away from it it's the right. fact that they and, lost and so like having i've never obviously i've never even been to cleveland but just i was i i've obviously this the story sure. of of cleveland and ohio sports uh, is well documented. So I I was pulling for you guys. I was pulling for just like I mean I was definitely pulling for the Cubs in 2016 too. Oh. Even though the in, the Indians have suffered for a while as well, but um, I mean everybody wanted to see the Cubs break their and curse. Mo, we, and, and Mo, we beat no. you if we don't get that rain delay. We win oh, that game. Nah. That's 100 percent factual. <laughs> I was so sad that the Indians lost. Oh my god. Uh, uh, that was, and it, it is that sucked. I can only tell you that I didn't watch it. I think because of like. Growing up a, a Cleveland fan, like there are movies that make fun of our heartbreak. You guys mentioned like Major League and Major League, we have yeah. Draft Day and there's Believe Land. Like <gasps> that's Draft a part an of it. Draft Day amazing movie. You need to stop right now. I love Draft Day. <laughs> so like you get a sense you do kind of feel cursed and people talk about it and they make fun of it. And it's just like not again, not again. Like how? And, you know, and people tell me all the time, just root for another team. And it's like you, you can't don't do that. You don't understand yeah. how woven into it is. Like, there's no way I couldn't. Like, I would just stop watching sports. <laughs> and instead of trying to watch another team, I would just quit sports altogether. Yeah, I mean, it, it, real real sports fans don't change allegiances either. Uh, although I know I'm, I'm, I'm speaking right against... Uh... <laughs> Again, I was, what, yeah. seven at the time? I mean, yeah, I mean, you, no, even though you're a Bulls no, fan, though, is the question. I'll, I'll, I'll say it this way. Uh, real adult sports fan. Kids, kids see. <laughs> thank you, thank you. That's better. See, you know, kids see like a cool guy on TV and like, yes, I'm gonna follow that dude, that that team. But as an adult, once it's baked into you, if a, a real sports fan doesn't just doesn't just change that. Like, I mean, I know yeah. I'm talking about the Mets, the Diamondbacks, and I'm wearing an A's, A's hat, hat. <laughs> but that's. Uh, but you know, I, I was telling you guys off the air. I'll say it on the air. It's like. I got to this point where I, like I've now lived in the Bay Area longer than I've lived in Arizona or in New Jersey. And I got to this point where it's like, well, I want to I want to be a part of the local sports community somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like and and I, I can't root for the Giants ever. They're a division rival <laughs> of the Diamondbacks. I also like I I sports hate the Giants to this day, not just because of the division rivalry, 
but because I sports loathed Barry Bonds. I thought he was Mm. a selfish player. I thought he was just, I didn't think he respected the game with the way he treated his teammates Mm. and had the Barca lounger corner of the locker room where everybody else has a regular locker. But I got to this point where it's like, I gotta, I gotta, I wanna be part of this. I wanna root for somebody local. So the A's are like the, the total underdog of, I mean, they, 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 they've been successful in recent years despite the lack of payroll. They just, they're like the scrappy underdog. So, um, yeah, it's just like sports are, you can't quit your team. You know, it's, you can't quit your team. That's, it's just not how it works. It's one of those things that as I, I tell my students, I'm like, it's okay to fall in love with a player. Like it is. I have a lot mm-hmm. of students who love, love LeBron. I'm like, that's great. That's okay. He is a special athlete. But you need to understand that when you keep flipping teams, it takes away that commitment to something. And you need that. You need that as you develop. That's um, why I'm not a fan of him being a Laker, honestly. I love yeah. LeBron. But him coming to my Lakers, I was just like, ah, ah. Well, uh, he was, he was about the... to get you a ring, so I mean, you might want to chill with that. So. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I, it, I, won't mean, it, it won't mean anything like, to, the, it to won't those mean fans. Anything. Honestly, it's like, okay. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, whatever. That's true. I mean, that's tr- it's, that is not going to be – that is not going to matter anywhere near in Laker the, – the storied history of the Lakers. Mm-hmm. If this season comes back and if the Lakers do take the title – it's not going to hold a candle to any of the, mm-hmm. the Kobe or Kobe Shaq championships. Nope. At all. Always be a wannabe. Always be a post. Yeah, pretty much. They'll never adopt them. That's sad. Well, we have five questions from the students that we're going to get to real quick. Um, so here we go. Our first one's going to come from Marco, who asks, what is your biggest strength as a gamer? What is the thing that you can do better than most? <laughs> Nothing. So I can buy more um, games than most people. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for me, I want to say in Madden, uh, I've won a lot of tournaments. I've done pretty well for myself uh, playing online competitively. Um, the thing that I do really well is I make people play the way that I play. Um, I slow the clock down to an absolute crawl and force you to beat me through the air um, because that's where the interceptions come from. And you're, you have a, a higher percentage of picking the ball off than you do causing fumbles. And so I force people to play the way I want them to play. Um, so that would be the one thing I think that I do better than most. Uh, Dev, how about you, bud? Uh, not finish games. That's probably oh, my yeah, biggest nice. strength. That's good. <laughs> you are gifted. <laughs> I mean, I have so many games that I've started and just never finished, either because I didn't want the game to end because I was enjoying being in that world, or life happened in some way that I just never mm-hmm. got back to it and finished it. That's, okay. That is probably my biggest strength. My unfinished game and backlog history. That's great. <laughs> Ryan, what's the biggest strength in gaming? Oh, well, I would say uh, you it you cannot beat me in a swords only match of Halo Two. Okay, that's oh. that was okay. I you know now at Halo Five you know it's a whole different story. It's uh, my my skills have atrophied, but man, uh, I could still hold my own. Like if we fired up Master Chief Collection, that was always Halo Two was always my jam, and specifically swords only matches on Halo Two. I just had the the timing down and the the angles down, man. That was uh, that's probably about my own my the only claim to fame I have left as far <laughs> as gaming skills. Like my job necessitates, and I'm believe me, I'm not complaining here at all. I'm so grateful to get to do what I do. But we, by nature, we have to be jack of all trades, master of none, right? Because we have to mm-hmm. be uh, up up on everything. But Halo Two, that was uh, 
that was if I could go back in time to any period of my gaming life, it would be fall 2004 when Halo 2 came out and Xbox Live was blowing up and it's like that that era, man, that was uh the Halo 2 era was those were some fond fond memories right there. Nice. Our next question comes from Jackie, who asks, what has been the biggest change to your fitness plans uh, since the quarantine started? So, Dev, we'll go to you first. <laughs> what, what, what fitness plans? Yeah, what plans? There's there's fitness okay. plans? We have those? Yep. Nope. All right. That's the thing? You sure? Well, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Donnie, we'll go to you next. You know, I, I saw a thing trending around on Twitter that there's this, like this fitness app on uh, Oculus Quest. Um, that comes with like a subscription. Um, I don't remember what it's called and I can't turn my phone on to find out, but I, I did subscribe to it. Um, they're supposed to send me like a visor thing. I have been telling the wife, like, we've got to do something because I've been grounded at home. Like we really haven't left the house in like two months and I've already like ballooned in weight um, just because it's easy to like sit around and snack and stuff like that. And I was telling her yesterday, I was like, we've got to do something. We can't just keep sitting here just eating and hanging out on our laptops on the couch doing work all day. You know, it's very like sedentary. We're just hanging out. So I'm going to start doing something, but I can't claim that I've been doing anything. Okay. Ryan, how about you? Uh, I've been trying to do so. I'm, I'm, I've always been grateful. Uh, the dog, Daisy, who's like, can't see her. She's off camera. She's laying down in her crate over there. But uh, she always, I, I, she gets me out. Uh, that's, that's all, uh, all I get to, to do as far as getting out of the house is walking her twice a day. But I've been trying to do, I've been doing a hundred pushups a day just to try and like get, just work something. So sure. that's, uh, that's been something I've been, I've been uh, committing to during one, this. One round or space through? Uh, four sets of 25. Okay. Nice. Um, so I've actually lost weight during the quarantine. Um, so you, I have Bear and Daisy, our dogs, um, and they're both over 70 pounds. They're pretty big. Um, and they pull with some force. And so I've taken to walking them together. Um, so we bought one of those leashes that splits into two and I'm telling you, like, I just sit, sit there and do the time under tension for my forearm and just hold it while they're pulling. And that is, that is some sauce right there. Um, but the biggest thing that's been the change, cause I'm still lifting weights and doing that stuff. Um, and I have the pool of course, but the biggest thing was Alana Pierce talked about this game called beat saber. Oh yeah. And doing it on the hard level. Now I'd played beat saber a couple of times, but I'd never really messed with it more than that. So we kicked it up to the hard level, and oh, I'm yeah. talking, I was sweating. Oh, yeah. Like, I was like, what is this magical device here? And that's on the PSVR. And so every night, uh, my wife normally goes up to bed with our daughter around 9.30. 9.30, I kick that thing on, I move the table, and I kick it up to hard. And then the next, I don't remember what the next difficulty I was at. And I just keep trying to beat the scores, and I'm just drenched in sweat after 30 minutes. And I'm like, okay. Beat Saber and me are about to lose lose these pounds, and it's been nice. crazy. It's it's been really. So if fun. you like that, you should try Box VR and Pistol Whip. They're both okay. kind of in the same vein, but they give you a little, you know, a little variety there. Well, I've been playing a lot of the Everybody's Golf in VR. Oh yeah, that's just been that's a good time. Oh, yeah. It's not as good. Do you remember the one that I told you about that was on the PS3, the Tigers Wood Tigers Wood Eleven oh, on yeah. the PlayStation Move? Best best golf game I've ever played because of how great the move worked with it. Hmm. Oh, and I just yeah. hit a table. Sorry. Great radio there. Um, <laughs> all right. Our next question comes from Trish, who says, if you could, would you add or take a day away during the quarantine? So, Dev, would you add a day? So, making it an eight-day week because you want more time. Or would you take a day away? 
It, it's been just crazy being locked inside. What does that mean? Yes. <laughs> so because if you have an eight day, day week, it's still just a total of eight days. If you have a six day week, I, I, I'm I'm very confused. I think what she means is like, would you want an extra 24 hours to use to work on things during this quarantine where you're stuck at home? Or are you going so crazy you want to take 24 hours away? Uh, okay. I guess how I'm. I guess uh, I would add because I'm not going crazy at all. I feel okay. like as a gamer, um, I've been I've been setting set for this my whole life. I have no problem being at <laughs> home and not going anywhere. Like okay. I have my two kids, they're four and eight. So we get outside and we're riding bikes and we're playing and we're doing stuff. I do pretty much the grocery shopping if it has to be done, but I have no problem leaving not leaving my house. I am totally good. Me and the wife both, we're both like we straight. We don't need to go anywhere. So we could add an extra 24 hours for me to do other stuff. That's fine with me. Okay. Ryan, add a day or take it away. Uh, if do, do I have to work on the extra day? Is I'm it guessing, a, it, I guessing the added day would be used however you wanted to, and the okay. day you're taking away would be like a work day. All right. Then, yeah. If then, yeah. If I could get an extra day off, that would be great. Because it's like I, I'm lucky to, uh, I'm very fortunate to be able to keep doing what I'm doing and, and I've still got still employed, still, uh, still able to, to keep the roof over our heads. So I'm super grateful for that, but it is, you know, it's, you end up, you kind of in front of the computer all day. So I, I could definitely use an extra day of the week to just be in front of the computer less. And even if I'm just around the house, uh, be not quite as chained to it. So I, I would, I would take the extra 24 hours for sure. Boss man race. Um, I want to say kind of like Dev, uh, my, my, my folks at work, my boss is, he's, he's stationed me at home like two months ago. So we really haven't left at all. And I, like Ryan, I am very lucky that most of my work is online. So I can do a lot of my coding and things remotely. So that works for me. But we have, um, we have conference calls every day at 12 and every day at four. So I jump on those and everybody always makes fun of me because, uh, you know, like I'm sure you guys are probably doing the same thing. If you guys are doing zoom calls, like, like a lot of the world is starting to like wake up to, to like the tools that it needs to truly be remote. Cause everybody's got like, mm-hmm. you know, little webcam and netbook webcams. They look bad. They don't, like, they're not, you know, like they don't, they don't look good. They don't sound good. Their, their stuff's going in and out. And everybody looks at me and I have like crystal clear video of the beautiful microphone and the nice headsets. They're like, geez, Donnie, like I even have a green screen. I, I put my green screen out last week and I, I took a picture of my desk at the office and I put it behind me. And I just came in and they're like, Donnie, are you here? And they're like, <laughs> um, because, yeah, I'm just very, very equipped to do this. Um, so yep. kind of like Dev, like I could keep doing it, but also kind of like Ryan, like I, I, I don't know if I'm crazy is the right word. It's just like it just starts. It stops feeling like I don't like stops feeling like almost real. <laughs> like I haven't really went mm-hmm. outside in a long time. I'm like, what's really going on out there? Like, I, you know, like I haven't been out there. I haven't seen much. It's just me and the kids. So I'm, I'm starting to feel that itch of like, I just kind of want to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I would add only if the caveat was that it would allow me to just work on cars. Like, so if it was like, you get these 24 hours, but I get to be in the garage working on the D150 or uh, working on the drift Mustang that I've been building, um, which I actually got to go use the track last week. So Next time we do a show, we'll talk about that. Uh, that thing is hauling. It is so much fun. Um, but that would be my only caveat. Like if I had to use it to like be at home, no, nah, I'd, I'd rather just lose a day. But if I could just be working in the garage, yeah, I'd take that. Our last two uh, questions come from our favorite person, uh, Miss Shy, who's a senior this year. Congratulations, kid. Enjoy your graduation. Yeah, as I say. Um, 
<laughs> so the first one she has is, what was your favorite quarantine activity? So what's the thing that you've done during this quarantine? And you're like, dude, that was awesome. Like, I'm glad I got to experience that. Um, for me, it was teaching PE online is fun. Like my kids are making some of the coolest videos of them working out at home. Uh, I had a student, <laughs> she, she flipped a coffee table over, filled it with books and is doing bench press. And she took a video of it. I've never laughed harder. She's like, I'm getting the gains coach. Let's go. I was dying. I was like, that's my freaking kid. Uh, that's been such a blessing. That's not something I would have ever gotten to experience. So that would be my, my favorite quarantine activity is grading these sweet PE projects that I'm getting turned in online. Uh, Dev, how about you? Anything you got for me? I'm trying to think. Like, I feel like we haven't done anything different. Uh, You're not teaching you know, more? The plants. Okay. okay. <laughs> did some yard work. Did some yard work. Did some, got some plants. I'm trying to reorganize my garage and turn that into uh, more of a play space for the kids. Um, but other than that, like for us, a lot of it is just business as usual. You know, like I'm set up in here to do all the stuff without an issue. My wife is a teacher, so like she's able to lesson plan and get the stuff for the kids. So like nothing has really changed other than the fact that we just don't leave the house. So sure. Ryan, how about you, bud? Uh I don't I'm I will say I don't have a great answer for this. I would say <laughs> just being able just uh being able to hang with, with Daisy, hang with the dog all day. Like that's, that's good. <laughs> instead of having to, you know, leave her for eight hours a day, mm-hmm. it is nice that She's always around, and uh, I can always just go over and and sit with her on the couch for a, a few minutes during the course of the day, or or even <laughs> while I'm on like a conference call or something. So, yeah, our, I would say I would say dog time is yep, the best. Our oldest dog, um, she's getting close to to ten now. Um, her name's Daisy as well. Uh, this is like the first time she's ever gotten to have mom and dad at home all day long for like extended periods of time, yeah. and I don't think I've ever seen her happier. Like she's just. She doesn't have to be alone with the other dog. She just gets to hang out with us, and it's been really good for us. That's great. Boss man done. The Corona Games, which is a program that my wife and I have set up to keep our kids gainfully um, entertained and active. And every day we set aside an hour, typically like right after lunch, and we have them go through the Corona games. And it's uh, it's been a collection of things. We've had a spelling contest. We've had math times tables. We've had capital things. We've made them actually race. We had them do a Nerf gun contest. We had a um, paper airplane thing. We've had drawing contests. We've had all kinds of little activities that we do. And we've been keeping a daily total over who's in the lead um, the whole time with some promise of some surprise. So every day we're doing the Corona games and we're pitting our two kids against each other to see who is the greatest. <laughs> nice. I really am a fan so, of So with Victoria <laughs> being uber competitive, Victoria's got to be in the like lead. All in. She is in the Long lead. Shot. She Long is in shot. the lead, and when she loses, it's always somebody else's fault. She just starts throwing <laughs> out. She's got that LeBron factor, man. She gets that face, and she starts pleading to the to the refs, um, all kinds of stuff like that. <laughs> and our last question, um, this one's just her being her. Uh, when are we going to do another show? The answer is we have no idea. This was uh, when, <laughs> when Donnie said, hey, um, Ryan would be interested in doing an OT with you guys. We were like, yes, we will do that. He is amazing. Um, and we don't know and we'll do it again. So it could be tomorrow. It could be March 2021. Just good luck. Stay strong. We'll let you know. 
Well, as I told Ryan and as I told you, I was really upset. I wanted Mo to be on the Empire show. Um, but knowing what we were talking about with Ryan and we have uh, scripted out notes, I was like, we were going to be pressed for time, like with, with Nathan and, and me and trying to get Ryan through. I was like, ugh. And Ryan, I know I wanted to be very respectful of your time. You're so happy. I'm so happy you decided to come on our show. I was just mm-hmm. like, I can't. I don't want to push it. I don't want to make it longer. But Plus, I, I mean, you asked him the most important question, which still we have not found out. Where are the missing 114 <laughs> Unlocked episodes? Because I actually became a fan <laughs> of Unlocked in two. It was when the Xbox One launched. Um, that was my first like podcast experience was listening to Unlocked. Yeah. And I actually wrote in a question and stumped the whole crew of Marty right. Sleva and Naomi based on it was the hard drives. Like which one was the actual hard drive on the original Xbox or something like that. Um, and I won. That was when you were allowed to give out games. I have yep. Spartan Assault downloaded still nice. on my Xbox, and I got the 1000 <laughs> on it because I got it from you guys. That's great. Um, but, yeah, it was one of those things, like, that was the only question we needed to hear because I need to know where the missing episodes are because I want to hear them all. I didn't even, I mean, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> we've just gone. changed. I don't remember changing providers. We've used I think you guys forever. did, actually. Uh, I was a long-time listener of NVC, Beyond, and Unlocked. I think there was a period, I know there was definitely a period where Beyond, like, switch feeds or something happened. Because I remember they talked about it online. They're like, we're working on it. We're trying Mm -hmm. to get the old episodes over. And I know some of the NVC shows, some of the older ones, Mm -hmm. have gone too because, and the only reason I know that is Podcast allows you to download files. Like, Pocket Cast allows you to download Mm -hmm. local files. So I have a few local saved NVCs that aren't available anymore. (laughs) <laughs> that I just that I've wow. backed up off my phone to like Google Drive just to keep like back to like Wind Waker HD releases and like Wii U impressions and things like that. Well, I don't have them unfortunately. So <laughs> it's like, well, it's just, sorry, like, Mo. I don't, I don't have any of my old uh, like all the all the old KOXM podcasts from from my official Xbox Magazine days. Those are all gone too because Future, the the parent company, the company I worked for that that did OXM, like they're technically still around but like they've they've since laid off pretty much everyone and Mm -hmm. shut all that stuff Mm -hmm. down so it's like i know a lot a big part of my podcast history is apparently just (laughs) vaporized you know it's it is interesting because we had the same thing happen we moved from um libsyn to podbean and we lost like our like 90 percent of like our first 50 shows like a lot of our shows went went missing in that transition because we we did the rss import and it brought over the shows but none of the audio it's like none of the huh. files came over. So like the shows are in the feed, but they don't work. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I, I essentially went back and started deleting the ones that didn't work. And uh, it's a very interesting because I was listening to The Ringer, which just got acquired by Spotify. I'm not sure how much you guys yeah. follow this. And oh, yeah. one of the things that Bill Simmons said that the reason that they were interested in, in buying them out is podcasting is a very unique bit of marketing. Because like the way that they were trying to explain it was like video is like evergreen. Like when you do a movie or a TV show, it's evergreen. It's always available. People will rewatch it. You know, like if they like it, they'll rewatch it. If they like an actor, they'll go back to it. They'll find it. It's never out of date. Whereas podcasts, apparently by all of their millions and millions of listener data, like apparently people in podcasts don't normally go backwards ever. It's always forward. But they said they're very loyal. Like when you have a podcast listener, they tend to stay there. So it's a very powerful marketing group because you can always – get like impressions every week forward, but the back compat like the backlog doesn't really hold value. 
You know, it's mm-hmm. not like a video library. Like if you're thinking of a multimedia company like WWE or ESPN, that video library isn't all that important. It's really how many people are listening to your show this week. That's like they're they're at least on on that side, on the monetizing side. That's what they're focused on. And that's a great point for us to transition to uh, who br- our show is brought or brought brought for. Um, we want to thank our great Patreon producer for give Bill Cartwright the ball. Um, giving Bill Cartwright the ball is one of the most important things you can do in today's day and age. And we want to thank you, Bill Cartwright, for everything you did for the Chicago Bulls. Good job, Mo. Thank you. I had to make sure I got that in today. Oh, man. We were brought brought to you by Cheese like the last time we did a show. So now it's Bill Cartwright. Um, <laughs> now that I've thrown us off the rails, it's time for us to finish the show. So, Ryan, where can all the awesome people who listen to this find you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. If, uh, of course, IGN, you know about Podcast Unlocked and everything I'm up to over there. And if you happen to be interested in the world of Tesla and the electric vehicles that they are fine purveyors of, I do a weekly Tesla podcast because that's a big passion and hobby of mine on the side. It's called Ride the Lightning. So if you just Google Ride the Lightning Tesla and maybe my name, you'll definitely find it. And remember, his name is Ryan frickin' McCaffrey, and you'll be good to go. All right, Boss Man Don, where can they find you, man? You can find me on all of the consoles that play Nintendo. Twitter, PlayStation, Xbox, Unified ID. I love that stuff. Um, If you need more Xbox talk after you're done with Unlocked, we are recording State of the Xbox Empire um, next Tuesday with Jez Corden from Windows Central. Talk about this past event that we just had and talking about the looking forward to June and July as we celebrate Xbox 2020 all summer long. And my dude, Dev, where can they find you? You can find me at Dat Ninja Dev pretty much everywhere. Um, Check us, check me out on the PlayStation Experience. Going to be recording that tomorrow, just talking about all the good Sony stuff, as well as the Game Tech podcast that we host here. We are building PCs for everybody, turn everybody into PC gamers. It's just a good time. And you can find me at Coach Hulk on Twitter, where I basically talk about the Chicago Bears and Xbox. It's great. It's a really, really fun follow. I make fun of Dev and Donnie and basically everybody a little bit and tell lots of jokes because that's who I am. Um, and you can find us in the Discord because I love being in there. I will respond if you at me. If you don't, I'll never see the message. I will have no idea you said anything. So make sure you put at here. That's my username on Discord. It's at here. So make sure you type at H-E-R-E. And then I will for sure see it and it will only be me. Thank you so much for your help. And remember, we love you and that's game over. This has been a PSVG production. Any music, sound effects, or the like is owned by their respective copyright holders. No infringement is intended. The views expressed in this production are those of the individual contributor and may not necessarily reflect PSVG. This production may not be repurposed, reused, or redistributed without the express written consent of PSVG. PSVG is powered by patrons at patreon.com PSVG. Become a patron to get special perks, including access to exclusive content.